Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dying to Know. My name is Jimmy, and I'm here with my wife, Lindsay. Hey. I was expecting you to hit with the deep sup. <laughs> so uh, before we dive into today, I just want to want to thank everyone for uh, all the downloads and the listens. We greatly appreciate it. Um, so if you haven't caught on to how things work, basically we're going to be going back and forth, choosing topics at random without each other knowing. So this week it is Lindsay's turn, so why don't you tell us what you're hitting us with. Lindsay is going to be hitting hard with John Bell and the Bell Witch, which is a topic that I have known about for a long time. I kind of knew some of the story, but I didn't know uh, a lot of the details around it and why it started and what happened during it. I just knew that it it happened. Uh, So I decided to look into that and immediately was overwhelmed (laughs) with everything that is a part of it. There, There is so much. How many pages did you fill out in that notebook? Five and a half. Okie dokie. Well, we're in for a doozy. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you hit us with it? Okay. So uh, we're going to start with John Bell himself, who is the real person. He is is a real person. Uh, He uh, was... She, She doesn't know where to go. Her bed's all the way over there. Stop worrying about the dog. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. I'll just love on her from over here. Uh, so anyway, he he is the real person in the story. His family existed. It's not like they were, you know, completely made up people. And this is all like folklore. This was an actual family. Um, so this is going to be like your last one where it's kind of like true story mixed with some legend supernatural kind of okay fair enough you know that's that's my thing go ahead (laughs) okay so john bell uh was born in 1750 in north carolina uh for a while during his youth he apprenticed as a barrel maker okay so i would assume for probably some alcohol company or just like anything and everything barrels are used for uh, but eventually he stopped doing that to pursue, to pursue farming. Uh, and then in 1782, so when he's about 32 years old, he marries Lucy Williams, who uh, was 12 at the time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How old was he? He was 32. Okie dokie. So, what was like, what year are we talking here? 1780s. So is there like trying to think there is no like legal like this is you know the cutoff of you know i didn't even look that up what i'm getting what, at was this the... accepted for the time yes okay this wasn't like frowned upon no it's still creepy as hell but okay <laughs> it's creepy to us now uh but anyway yes she, she, lucy is 12 at the time and uh she, both of them settled on a farm that he had previously purchased there They uh, prospered for about eight years, during which time they had four sons. Uh, Jesse, who was born in 1790. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, about eight years after they got married, that's when they had their first kid, Jesse. They had John Jr. in 1793, Drury in 1796, and Benjamin in 17. I, I assume 1799 because it's three years apart for each of them. Oh, okay. Um, but it didn't actually list a birth year for, for Benjamin. Him. So roughly 1800. Uh, during that time, they were among the most successful farmers in the area until the crop seasons of 1801 and 1804 when their crops failed. So from there, uh, they decided to move westward like a lot of their friends had already done. Um, and in 1805, they reached and settled into an area called the Barren Plains, <clears throat> which is uh, what is today Robertson County, Tennessee. Okay. But I just have to stop for a second there, because if I'm a farmer and I'm moving to find another farm, I am uh, not looking to settle in a place called the Barren Plains. Yeah, that's kind of... Maybe it's ironic. 
Maybe it's one of those things like the first person got there. No, maybe the first person got there and be like, well, if I call it the Prosperous Plains, everyone will want to move here and take my land. But if I call it barren, no one's going to want to be here. It's like it's like that old the story Greenland, about Iceland. Greenland, Iceland. Yeah, right? <laughs> Makes sense. Maybe. Uh, but here they did prosper again. John uh, ended up purchasing uh, over 300 acres of land. And he'd also eventually, like over time, become um, an elder of the their area's River Baptist Church. Okay. Although, after a while, he is uh, excommunicated either because of his quote-unquote involvement with the Bell Witch, or and there were no details on this uh, over a shady business deal. So I don't, I don't know what he was getting into. Um. But uh, when they're in Tennessee, they have at least three more children, uh, Betsy, Richard, and Joel. Betsy's born in 1806, Richard's born in 1811, and Joel's born in 1813. So they're up to seven? Seven kids, but some articles said that they had up to nine kids. The other two weren't important. Apparently. (laughs) Uh, So that's essentially... Oh, so that's it on him. As, yeah, okay. pretty much. From here, it goes straight into the legend of the Bell Witch and, okay. the whole, and the whole family's involvement with that. And this is supposedly what got him kicked out of the church. Yes. Or a shady deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> the first uh, reported incident occurred in 1817 uh, when John Bell witnessed an apparition while he was out inspecting his fields. Uh, he described it as a strange creature with the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit. All okay. black. Okay. Uh, he fired at the animal, but it disappeared. And after that, more strange reports started to pop up, uh, mostly within the family themselves. Okay, I was going to ask if it was like strange reports from them or like surrounding people. But... No, from, from them. It does eventually branch out devolve into like the the nearby community and further but it starts with just the family uh drury bell who is the the third born son um finds and approaches an unknown bird of extraordinary size that ends up flying off that's it uh (laughs) betsy with that they considered that a strange occurrence Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just just a random bird. They didn't know what it was, but it was super big. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, Betsy, and this this is another one. Betsy saw a girl in a green dress swinging from the limb of an oak tree. That's it. These people need to get out more. <laughs> I literally put, "How is that strange?" <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. The only thing I can think is that they lived far enough super out. far out yeah i mean granted 300 acres who knows where they were on that 300 acres uh so we don't know exactly how far away their nearest neighbor was if their neighbors even had kids so it could be construed as strange that a sud- like a little girl just all of a sudden is there well, so and that's the thing right like it's strange to us because yeah. we've been we've seen so many horror movies where it's like little girl means evil craps have going on you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but like it's a girl out in the woods I don't know. It just doesn't seem yeah. strange. Uh, the last one is Dean, a slave of the Bell family, reported being followed by a large black dog on evenings that he ha- that he went to visit his wife at another farm. Okay. Um, which I I could see that being creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, without a doubt. Especially because we know that large black dogs are usually omens for like death and stuff like that. Forever and a day, they've been considered that. So I could see it. Uh, Eventually, the activity moves inside the bell home. Uh, The family hears knocking on their door and walls, the sounds of chewing or gnawing on their beds. So I assume their beds are made of wood. Uh, Yeah, that last one would would get me. (laughs) That, like, grinding kind of noise. Yeah. Uh, Dogs fighting, but no visible dogs around. And chains being dragged along the floor. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm saying, like, that one. Okay, got now. Some classic creepy shit right there. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, 
check the box. You got some spooky <laughs> stuff going on. Uh, around this time, John Bell, the father, uh, and obviously the main guy, begins to experience paralysis in his mouth. And uh, as time went on, the other incidents grew more powerful. Sheets uh, started being pulled from the children's beds as they slept. Uh, their hair was pulled, and uh, they would be scratched by an invisible being. Uh, the worst was focused, though, on Betsy Bell, who was slapped, pinched, and stuck with pins. And that happens pretty much the entire time they have the Bell Witch affecting them. She is, she is constantly picked on more okay. but it gets especially worse when she becomes engaged to a local named joshua gardner and it gets to the point where uh betsy and joshua couldn't go anywhere without the witch tormenting them and eventually uh their patience wears thin and betsy calls off the engagement on easter of 1821 so they couldn't go anywhere on the property or anywhere, anywhere. Uh, when I... So, like, what I'm getting at is this witch, like, focused on the property? Is it focused on them? It it seemed, from, from the descriptions, it seemed focused on them. Okay. Uh, it said that they really couldn't go anywhere, and I assume that means anywhere off of the property as well, without okay. them being tormented by it. Uh, eventually, the Bells turn to a family friend, James Johnston. No relation. It's like, what? <laughs> to, to the previous, my previous episodes, Johnston. Uh, but a fr- family friend, James Johnston, for help. I put in parentheses, why? <laughs> because There's no... he's just a normal dude. Like, I don't know if he was a fellow farmer or... That you know of. Yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, but he agreed to spend a night with them and was woken up that night by the same experiences. And the following morning, he described it as a spirit, quote, just like in the Bible. Uh, soon after that, word of mouth traveled super far and people would travel to their home to see the spirit for themselves. So at this point, it's starting to to manifest more so. And... Uh, The spirit begins speaking aloud, and when asked, who are you and what do you want, the voice answered quietly, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed. You know, the traditional, who disturbs my slumber, kind of. It's not the fucking Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. (laughs) Um, So were they the first, like, they, I... I'm blanking. Did they build this house on this 300 acres, or did they? That's the assumption I okay. I have. Was that he bought the land, they built built the house. The house. Okay. Uh. Ah. Uh. The voice was identified as that of an old woman, and at one point claimed to be old Kate Bat's witch. Uh, she like she said, "I am old Kate Bat's witch." So like, I'm not trying to be a smartass here, Kate. Kate. Bats witch or like Kate Bats Kate the Bats, witch. Kate Bats is her name. And Kate B A T T S. Uh, but it's Kate Bats's witch. Okay, okay. So Kate Bats, who was a witch. Yes. Okay. And Kate Bats was a neighbor who had passed away of the bells. Okay. Uh. And from then on, she responded favorably to that name. So uh, in a lot of the articles that I found, the authors of them refer to her as Kate. Okay. Uh, The witch offered different reasons for her activity, which seemed to uh, have started with the disturbance of, I'll give you one guess. Her slumber. No. Well, he said, who disturbs my slumber? What What is the traditional, like, cliche way for a haunting to start? Her resting place, where she was buried. Her grave. What kind of resting place? Of who? The witch. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> not picking up what I'm putting down here. In the burial I'm... ground. Yes. Okay. <laughs> 
the disturbance of a Native American burial ground located on the Bell property. Uh, she was reported to have sent Drury and another girl named Bennett Porter uh, on a fruitless treasure hunt. So she's like, oh, there's treasure somewhere on the farm. Go here. They went there and there was nothing. Uh, as she began to speak more, uh, there was a report that she at some point repeated word for word two sermons that were 13 miles apart at the same time. Okay. So, uh, and then uh, she seemed to be well acquainted with biblical text and enjoyed religious arguments. Okay. Yep. She's taking a weird turn. <laughs> she would also gossip about activities in other households, and if asked about another family, she would seem to disappear for brief moment, moments to visit the homes of the people she was being asked about. So they're like, what's going on at Terry Sue's house? It, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. She would she would pop out and then pop back in and be like, "This is what she's up to." So she kind of seems, I want to say, helpful. She's a she's a nosy bitchy witch. But she's basically it's basically like a party trick at this point. Yeah. Like it's not super serious. Like at the point where they start recognizing her name, she's it seems like she stops being kind of malicious and is more into like talking. Yes. Uh, granted, during this time, even though she is, she seems to be amicable towards the people coming to visit, she is still essentially tormenting the Bell family. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Because they're uh, on the property. John Johnston, again, no relation to a previous John Johnston, uh, is the son of the guy who the Bell family had asked to spend the night that one night. Okay. The trusted friend or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's his son. Okay. Uh, he devises a test and asks the witch to repeat what his Dutch grandmother in North Carolina would say to the slaves when they did something, or when she thought that they did something wrong. And the witch replied in the grandmother's Dutch accent, hut tut, what has happened now? Which is what his grandmother used to say. <clears throat> uh, another story was that one English an Englishman had heard about it while he was traveling America and he stops in to visit and on remarking about his parents being overseas the witch begins to mimic his parents and their accents uh, in the early morning the following day he was uh, awoken to the sounds of the word of his parents worried voices as they had heard the voice mimicked to them. They had heard his voice mimicked to them. Uh, he quickly left and later wrote back to the Bell family that the witch had visited his family in England and apologized for his skepticism. Okay, well that answers the question that supposedly she wasn't tied to the property. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. And then at times, though, the witch displayed uh, some kindness, especially to Lucy Bell, John's wife, uh, who she described as, quote, the most perfect woman to walk the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The witch would give Lucy fresh fruit and sing hymns to her. Uh, she also showed a measure of respect to uh, their son, John Jr., who would yell and curse and challenge her, consistently maintaining that he knew what she was and would never back down from her. Rebel. <laughs> uh, continuing on, we, we get into some... This one's a fairly lengthy story, but... Uh, okay. At one point, news of the witch reaches the, at, at the time, he was just Major General Andrew Jackson, but we're talking future President Andrew Jackson, uh, whom John Jr., Drury, and Jesse had all served under during the Battle of New Orleans in 1815. In 1819, Jackson hears about all of this stuff going on with the Bell family and the Bell witch. Uh, so he decides to uh, 
visit the farm to see what's going on, and he brings an entourage of several men, horses, and a wagon. And as they approach the Bell, the Bell property, the wagon lurches to a stop, and the horses are unable to pull it. And after a few minutes of uh, Jackson cursing and trying to coax the horses to move, he proclaims, uh, quote, By the eternal, boys, that must be the Bell Witch. And then a disembodied voice tells him that they could proceed and she would see him later that evening. Spooky. <laughs> uh, so they get to the Bell home. And uh, Jackson is having, like, a conversation with John Bell, talking about, like, the farm and how the Bell Witch has affected them and everything. But hours go by, and there's no sighting of the Bell Witch. And one of Jackson's men claims to be a witch tamer and waves a gun around saying that he has silver bullets and that the reason the spirit hadn't showed up was because it was scared of being killed by one of the silver bullets. Um, immediately the man screams and begins jerking around claiming that he was being stuck with pins and severely beaten and a strong swift kick to the ass with an invisible foot sends him stumbling out the front door of their house good <laughs> I'm sorry the second you said he claimed he was a witch tamer <laughs> I, w- I want this guy to get haunted so bad uh angry the entity spoke up saying that there was another fraud in the party and that he would be found and tormented the following evening Uh, at this point jackson's men beg him to leave uh, but he wanted to stay to see who the other fraud was so uh, his men go to sleep outside in their tents still begging him to leave and there's no other info on what could have happened but supposedly the following early the following morning Uh, The general and his men were seen in nearby Springfield, presumably en route to Nashville. Okay. So that whole bit about Andrew Jackson is uh, tied pretty much irrevocably from the story of the Bell Witch. But there is zero documentation of Andrew Jackson ever visiting the Bell Farm. What's interesting with that, if it's a made-up story, mm-hmm. right? If it's just BS. And we're, we're talking about a time, though, that that Andrew Jackson's life was very well documented. So it would be extremely unusual for him to have gone out of his way to visit this family farm. Unless conspiracy time. Oh, God. Okay. He heard something. Because whoever, remember they said, you know, stay another night, you'll find out who yeah. is the fraud. It doesn't say who the fraud was. No. Unless he found out who the fraud was and did not want it on paper. Maybe. Just completely wiped that whole... Mind blown. Yeah, just don't (laughs) document it. It never happened. Yeah, I guess. Because maybe the fraud... This is early U.S. President Jackson, uh, there there seems to be some pages missing from your scribe's notebook here. Can you uh, give me some details on what happened that day? Yeah, I ripped him out. For several days. <laughs> but no, think about it, right? Like, this is early United States. Mm-hmm. He traveled with a group. This is a guy who would become president in pretty near future. Mm-hmm. Whole life is documented. I'm saying if this is true. Yeah. He might have found out something that he didn't want the general public knowing. I guess. If this were true. That's the yeah. only way it fits in, right? At the same time, though. Because like... if it's a made-up story, the, who the fraud w- was would have been in the made-up story. Yeah. Because half of a made-up story doesn't mean shit. Like, <laughs> it's got to have some kind of payoff. Yeah. That's what, that's all I'm getting at. I'm going hypothetical <laughs> here. Take we're off going... my tinfoil hat now. We're, we're going with the, the government cover-up here. Not necessarily a government cover-up, but like maybe... Uf- it... Like UFOs? Like, no, oh, no. yeah, it, it was totally aliens. Not not that far, but maybe, you know, one of his trusted advisors, someone he really trusted and put a lot of faith in publicly. That's also assuming that the Bell Witch somehow was able to... I'm going a lot on faith here, okay? It was a real thing. That's what I'm saying. If this story <laughs> is... able to discern. I, that's why I prefaced all this with, if this story was true. Yeah. Yeah, if it's not true, it's you. not true. I'm just saying, if this part was true, 
that makes sense why it wouldn't be documented anywhere else. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I mentioned earlier that from the from the start of the haunting, John Bell uh, experiences or he becomes a major target of the witch. She called him Old Jack and claimed that she intended to kill him and emphasized this by cursing him, threatening him, and throwing afflictions at him. And uh, I had mentioned earlier that he began to suffer paralysis of his mouth. He That eventually got worse and he started getting twitching in his face and uh, had difficulty swallowing. Okay. Uh, over time, those symptoms got worse, and by the fall of 1820, John's health had declined to the point that he stayed confined to the house, where the witch continued to torment him by removing his shoes when he tried to walk, pushing him back onto his bed when he tried to get up, and slapping his face when he eventually began experiencing seizures. What are you laughing about? I'm just picturing like her trying to take his shoes while he's walking, right? Like get game pushed up when he falls over. You can explain that, right? Like mm-hmm. he's just stumbling. I was processing that, and then you said <laughs> slapping his face when he had seizures. I just, I'm just picturing like shoes flying off. No, this dude having a seizure, and this ghost just smacking the shit out of him for no reason. <laughs> like, sorry, that's my fucked up sense of humor coming out. It's good. I mean, it's not good, but I get it. Uh, John slipped into a coma on December 19th, 1820, and passed away the following morning. Immediately after, the family found a small vial of an unidentified liquid in the kitchen in in a kitchen cupboard. John Jr. gave some of the some of the liquid to their cat, which died instantly. And the witch began cackling and joyfully exclaimed that she had given John Sr. the liquid the night before to, quote, fix him. Uh, After which John Jr. then quickly threw the vial into the fireplace where it burst into bright blue flame and shot up the chimney. So many problems with this. (laughs) So do you want to hear my theory? Because after this, we, we get into some stuff, but I have a theory. You think, uh... John Jr. killed the dad? No. Okay, hit me with it. So, earlier I mentioned that the witch was really only nice to two people, John Jr. and Lucy. There is nothing about anything that says that that John Sr., the John, you know, John Bell, that he was a nice guy or that I mean, granted, oh, you think he the, married a 12-year-old. You think the I wife think, did it? I think his wife poisoned him and uh John Jr. at some point found out and helped cover it up for her. I mean, it, you female voice, she could be, if he's starting to get sick, she could be fucking with him. Mm-hmm. She could be, she could be behind all this. And like you said, nothing says. And if she started poisoning him, nothing, there's nothing to say what kind of poison it was. And his official cause of death is listed as poison. Okay, so. I have multiple problems. Not with your theory. I actually think you're onto something. First of all, John Jr. Mm-hmm. buys a mysterious liquid, immediately gives it to the family cat. Yeah. A, asshole. B, the problem I have is the cat died instantly. Mm-hmm. The dad went into a coma and then died the next day. Yeah, but think about it. The cat's a much smaller creature, so... Fair enough. Um, That's all I had. <laughs> just that he's an asshole but no i think that could could be on to something doesn't, doesn't explain like... a lot of the other things well no but his death if it was death by poison i think I it's the wife mm-hmm. or well, especially, it could be one of the other kids especially if a lot of these stories came about after John died. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, she covered it in her ass. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, we had that one friend come out, and you know he was an Englishman, and the the witch mimicked his parents, and then he Shit. he got home and he wrote back to us. The guy that's president right now, he came out too. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, I mean realistically, if you go even that far, if the ghost never picked on the wife and the one son, but mm-hmm. tormented everyone else. The other kids could have grown up to resent their dad for building on that plot of land. Yeah. So it could 
been any of them. Exactly. Doesn't explain all the other shit that's going on if it's no. not made up. And it doesn't explain, uh, you know, Betsy Bell being picked on more so than any of the others. But uh, there was a few articles that I found that that Betsy Bell was essentially considered, especially later in her life, was considered to be very much a fraud. Uh, people think that a lot of the theories were that the whole bell witch thing was like like a poltergeist you know and typically poltergeists are just kids acting up is the whole theory so so there were theories that betsy bell you know acted oh, like she was being picked on more gotcha. but really she was orchestrating a lot of the first the for incidents. a second when you said they're just kids getting, you know, just get, I was like, they're kid ghosts, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're saying that instead of a ghost, it was her acting out and that made them think it was a ghost. Exactly. She was a fraud and she wanted attention. Which I mean, it, it, it could be possible considering she is the only girl in this family uh, who more than likely at the time would have been treated much like, less shit. fairly than her brothers. Yeah. But no. So if you think about it, if, like I said, if she's not being treated fairly. And she wants attention. A lot of this could have been her. Mm-hmm. The yanking the stuff off the bed, the bed at night. The exactly. A lot of it. I mean, some of it you can't explain, but yeah, I think we're onto a member of, uh, <laughs> or we're onto someone in the family doing something shady. Yeah, she could have even killed the dad. That's possible, or maybe all three of them were in on it. Betsy orchestrated the the like incidents while uh, Lucy. Po- started poisoning John and then ev- eventually John Jr. somehow finds out who knows how but that would explain why he's so defiant of the the Bell Witch it, you know saying that he knows what she is and he's never going to back down from her he's really talking to his sister yeah bum, bum, bum. okay <laughs> let's keep going before we uh run out of aluminum foil with our hats here what are we at oh we're good okay <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so uh, John disposes of whatever poison it was, <laughs> which I find super convenient, but that's just me. Uh, John Bell's funeral is one of the largest, oh, and sorry, just to, on top of everything else before I dive into the next, uh, John was also an elder at their church. If their church was prominent in the area, he could have gotten away with anything, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, up until he was excommunicated. So he was excommunicated he was, after his death, or it before was sometime, his before it his was, death. It was when all the stories of the witch came out. Supposedly, yeah. Okay. Uh, it didn't say exactly when he was excommunicated, but obviously, the witchy stuff was still going on when he died. So. Gotcha. Okay. Uh. But yeah, as a church elder, he could have gotten away with a hell of a lot, as far as like abusing his family, without anyone saying anything. So that just ties more. Into our theory that he's an asshole that we have no proof of. Yes. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) Everyone's an asshole. Well, I mean, Uh, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, okay. So, John Bell's funeral is one of the largest ever held in Robertson County, Tennessee. As family and friends began gathering, sorry, began leaving the graveyard, the witch laughed and began singing a body song about a bottle of brandy. And didn't stop until the last person left the graveyard. And everyone heard this, supposedly? Supposedly. Okay. Uh, The witch, after that, though, was practically non-existent, uh, appearing only once in April of 1821 to visit Lucy and tell her that it would return in seven years. So for seven years, there was nothing. And then in 1828, it visited John Jr. for three weeks and spoke of the origin of life and civilizations, Christianity, and the need for a mass spiritual awakening. Okay. It also made near-accurate predictions about the Civil War. I don't, I don't know what I would love to hear these predictions. Right? Yeah, couldn't find anything about that. Uh After the three weeks, though, and the family, the Bell family, choosing not to really engage with the witch, she told John Jr. that she would visit his most direct descendant uh, 
in 107 years, which at the, from then on would have been 1935. Okay. But yeah, randomly. Imagine if you didn't pass that story down and your kids just ran, like your, your hundred years later. Like your great, great grandkids. Descendant is, uh. Taking a poop and she just pops on in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But in 1935, the most direct descendant was Nashville physician Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, uh, who actually wrote a book about the Bell Witch that was published in 1934, so the year before, but no follow-up was published, and he passed away in 1945. Uh, In that book, though, he did recount a story from his great-aunt Betsy, uh, so later in her life. Uh, of a time when she and some friends had gone to explore a cave on the Bell property, and while there, one of the boys crawled into the hole and became stuck. A voice cried, I'll get him out, and the boy felt hands grasping his feet, and he was pulled out of the hole. Uh, The Bell Witch, still invisible at this point, then gave the kids a lecture on reckless cave exploring. Uh, And at this point, that story introduces the Bell Witch cave, which has had its own incidents from here on, from then on. Is this when she sent them on, like, that meaningless, like, scavenger hunt, treasure hunt? Or is this just different? This is different. Oh, okay. I just remember you saying that. The scavenger hunt was John Jr. and another girl. This is Betsy and her friends. Oh, I thought it was John Jr. and the daughter. My bad. No, you don't listen to me. It's fine. (laughs) Continue your story. Uh, so yeah, that like I said, that introduces the Bell Witch Cave. Uh, in 1937, Lewis Garrison, the owner of the farm that now held the cave, uh, heard strange noises inside. There were uh, some reports of people hearing piano music from inside. And... During the summer of 1937, a group was having a wiener roast in a... (laughs) We're children. We are children. They were having a wiener roast uh, in a nearby... Yeah, in a nearby quarry near the cave. Uh, The group were joking about the legend when they noticed a figure of a woman sitting on a cliff over the cave, uh, causing many to, to run away and flee. One report said that a minister with the group claimed to have investigated and found it was just moonlight on the ro- on a rock, but another later report concluded with a weather report that it had been densely clouded and the moon was barely visible that night. Homie lion. Okay. <laughs> uh, so th- this is where it starts getting more and more and more recent. Okay. In 1944, a girl named Bonnie Hanaline. Hanaline? I think it's Hanaline. I will believe you. <laughs> was playing hooky from school and went exploring the Bell Witch Cave with a lantern that she had borrowed from Mrs. Garrison, the wife of the farm owner. Okay. She said that she had explored the cave with friends before, but while she was in there alone, her lantern blew out, even though there was no breeze in the cave. Uh, She managed to relight it, but it blew out again, and terrified, she crawled along the path of the cave in the dark until she found the entrance where she spotted a can of pork and beans and marshmallows that she hadn't seen before coming in. Now, I have a question. Yeah. Do you think it was... So, I know that, like, pork and beans, is it's its own thing, but was it like a can of pork and beans and like a bag of marshmallows? Or was it like a can of pork and beans and marshmallows? Is that a serious question? It is a serious question. I've never <laughs> heard of pork and beans and marshmallows in a can. That's fucking I, gross. I'm just... <laughs> like, what the hell? That'd be the gross. That's gross. <laughs> I, it's got to it... be like a can of pork and beans and a bag of marshmallows. There was... No, basically no punctuation, so I really don't know. It's got to be a can of pork and beans and also marshmallows, not a can of pork and beans and marshmallows. That is the nastiest. <laughs> that is gross. Um, I mean, it, it, could, could it be like when people put like the marshmallow fluff on 
No, no one puts yeah, marshmallow. Anyone, I'm telling you right now, if anyone puts marshmallow fluff on pork and beans, <laughs> and I ever, I'm meet not talking them, about pork and beans. I'm talking about the the what is it? Is it sweet potato or is it yam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said is it like marshmallow fluff like that? If anyone puts marshmallow fluff on some pork and beans. <laughs> They're going to catch somebody's hands because that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to derail it. It just... That's gross. When I when I saw that and I wrote it down, I was like, how did they mean this? <laughs> I hope to God they meant pork and beans, comma, and a bag of marshmallows. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she sees this can... At the entrance of the cave that she hadn't seen. Stop laughing. <laughs> that she hadn't seen before. Uh, and later that evening, she learns that the police had discovered two escaped fugitives uh, hiding at the back of the cave. And she credits the Bell Witch uh, for helping her avoid them. Those two guys need to go back to jail. They're eating marshmallow and pork and beans together. <laughs> Well, I mean, according to this, they did. So. Yeah, now I know why they were in jail in the first place. Anybody that eats pork, beans, and marshmallows together, <laughs> even if they were separate, even if it was pork and beans and marshmallows, why the hell do you have them together? <laughs> like, that is a stomach ache waiting to happen. I'm sorry, I am really fixated on this pork and bean and marshmallow <laughs> thing because you blew my damn mind. I was too, I was too. That's why, like, I had to ask. Pork, bean, and marshmallows. Yep. Oh okay. It's so gross. Moving on. Go ahead. In November of 1965, an article told the story of a rocking chair that had belonged to a Bell descendant. So not even an immediate Bell, you know, an immediate family member, but a descendant of them. And it was bought by an antique store owner who kept it on display. Uh, one day, a customer came in. And after learning that the, the chair was not for sale, sat in it and started rocking in it and asked the store owner if she believed in the supernatural. And that essentially was it. But uh, two weeks later, that same customer's daughter came in to tell the owner that her mother had been to visit the Bell Family Cemetery. And while she was there, she heard a voice uh, tell her to, quote, stand up and look around. You will find something of much value. And then at some point, after some car trouble, I, I don't know how long ago that, like how, what the length of time was between her hearing a voice in a cemetery and having car trouble was, but she has car trouble. Uh, she walks out into a field and finds a black kettle turned upside down, and under it she finds a pearl buckle which she took to a jeweler who estimated it to be 160 to 200 years old. Don't know how that's tied really to the Bell Witch, besides the the chair well, being if a Bell this Descendants. Is in, if this is in the 1900s... This is 1965. Okay, so subtract 160 years, it's about 1800, which is about when the family... But if you go back a little bit further... So 160 to 200 years old, you're talking about 1760, and the chick was supposedly a neighbor of theirs, or whatever, right? Yeah. Could be hers. Bum, bum, bum. There's the connection. Uh, in 1977, five soldiers from nearby Fort Campbell were checking out the cave when one expressed skepticism about the legend, and suddenly something grabbed him tightly around the chest. Okay. That's That's it? That's it for that story. Uh, he didn't get away? Like, what? He throw them elbows? What? <laughs> <laughs> and he was never seen again. In 1986, staff writer for the Tennessean and photographer Bill Wilson were given permission by the owner of the uh, cave at the time uh, to spend the night in it. Uh, they set up lighting and a camp in the first like room, so like the first little like divot in of the cave, and suddenly 
they heard a noise from deeper in the cave that they estimated to be about 30 yards away. The sound was an unwavering groan, which repeated again much louder and was followed by several loud thumps. When... <laughs> you okay? Yeah, go on. When it started for a third time, the men ran to the cave entrance. Uh, they checked the wiring on their lights for a cause, but didn't find anything. Uh, and then they went back into the cave uh, when they heard a noise at the entrance now. So now they're back in the cave. They hear another noise at the entrance, sounding like a rumble. They walk back to the entrance and discover that the rumble was from a jet overhead. But then, uh, as they just start walking back into the cave again, a high-pitched scream comes from inside the cave. The journalists left and did not spend the night. Hmm. And that is the last story that I have. When is that from? That was from 1986. So nothing since then? Not that I could find. Hmm. Uh, there was, uh, here and there, there was um, the idea that when the uh, Bell Witch stopped visiting the Bell family, like when, like when she went back and they chose not to like engage with her or anything that she essentially went to the bell witch cave and that's where she resided uh yeah. which is why there were like the more recent things from the cave itself did she like retreated yeah um but it's pretty much it weird so what's your take on the whole thing you know my take i think, I think it was all i think it was that the wife poisoned her husband Somehow the younger son found out and helped her hide it, probably because John Sr. was a dick. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly because of you. <laughs> this isn't like, oh, there's a story of him like beating his family. You're just like... No. Uh, and uh, that Betsy was either in on it or that she because she essentially was a young girl who would have been severely mistreated at the time i 100 percent think it was a daughter yeah i think that has to do with the brother being defiant yeah i think that has to do with like how everything played out and then all of a sudden the dad dies and it kind of slows down a little bit i 100 percent think it's the daughter mm. i think she was i want to say like Desperate for attention, because I don't want to say that. I want to just want to say, like, she probably was very mistreated, probably was lashing out, probably saw the publicity that, like, people started coming to see this ghost. Yeah. And her, <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I just had a mental image of her, like, running out of the house with a sheet on and just trying to scare the shit out of people. <laughs> you literally just, the scene from, uh... Beetlejuice. They're like, we're ghosts! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so I won't lie. Not what I expected. I do have a little bit of, like, after information okay. that's cool. not tied to the witch at all, but I okay. found interesting. Uh, so, John Bell's death was poisoning. That's what it's listed as. That's essentially what it was. But uh, it's thought that his afflictions that the witch bestowed on him uh the facial tics the mouth paralysis mouth and throat paralysis all of that were actually the result of bell's palsy uh which all which has yeah. almost identical symptoms uh the name though is not named for this john bell or, or i mean it's not named for john bell in general but uh it's purely coincidental because the actual neurological disorder bell's palsy is named for sir charles bell which uh, who was the first person to connect the disorder itself to the facial nerve interesting so it's named for him but he did have a brother named john bell who was his inspiration for going into medicine but it's not this john bell no interesting mm-hmm like I said, not what I expected when you brought up the Bell Witch. Actually, so you brought up the Bell Witch. I started speculating <laughs> uh, because I didn't want to look anything up because I didn't want to be spoiled. I wanted to go in this. Open. Yeah. 
but I'll add this picture to our thing. When you said the Bell Witch, that's what I immediately thought of. It's a chime maiden from Bloodborne. <laughs> so uh, if you don't know what it is, Bloodborne is a PS4 game made by the people that make Dark Souls. The Essentially, they're a witch that rings a bell to summon enemies. So nice. when you said the Bell Witch, I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if that's inspired by, like, the ones from Bloodborne are inspired yeah. by. No. No, no way connected. <laughs> it's just a creepy bitch that rings a bell to summon enemies. Nice. But that's what I thought of. So I had that once we uh, post everything on social media. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, I mean that was essentially it. It just, uh, I will say because we, we we talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Um, Betsy or sorry, not Betsy. Uh, Lucy marrying John at the age of twelve and how like that's really weird for us at least. Uh. There was also an anecdote that I found that uh when. Betsy gets engaged to the local boy, uh, Joshua Gardner, uh, who she ends up breaking the engagement with. But um, at the time, her and Joshua were in the same like classes for school. And one of Betsy's teachers had remarked that he had a particular fondness for Betsy and that he would like to marry her when she got older. Different times. Yeah. And and when he found out that she was engaged to Joshua Gardner, he was like he like wished her all the happiness. That shit will put you in jail right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So Alrighty. Yeah. But I, that that is Okay, so we have a And granted, there there was so much more that I left out. This was all just kind of the the big stuff, the stuff with the legends. But like, there were articles, there were. So what made you choose this? It was honestly just one that I I knew that I wanted to do at some point. I was not expecting it to be quite this in depth. Uh, <laughs> I like you you know how long I spent writing it out and trying to make it all make sense. And even then there's so much I had to leave out because it would have gone on forever. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, just something that interested me. Well, cool. It was interesting. Well, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that you're glad. Well, I'm glad that you're glad that I'm glad. Uh, let's just stop now. Cause that shit will go <laughs> on forever. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, to see any, uh, images about anything we talked about. Um, you follow us on Facebook, so it's facebook.com slash dying to know podcast. Mm-hmm. Instagram, it's at dying to know podcast. And Twitter, dying to know podcast was taken, so it's at dying to know cast. Oh no, the Instagram name was, or Twitter name was too long. That's what it was. Jen, really got to squeak a toy right now? <laughs> they if probably you, can't even hear it. <laughs> no, I can hear it coming through your mic. Uh, and then if you want to reach us directly, directly, <laughs> you can reach us at dying to know cast at gmail.com. But other than that, I'm Is it dying to know cast at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Dying to know podcast was taken. Got it. So well, great. Okay. okay. Well, thank you guys for listening and we see will you catch next time. you next week. Except we won't see you cause it's a podcast. I hate you sometimes. Bye.